Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Joshua Alvarez, a Peace Corps volunteer who just came back after two years in Costa Rica. He will talk about one of the toughest jobs you would ever love and the unique challenges of being an American Goodwill Ambassador while being an openly queer Latino. I want to thank all of you following Jesse Garcia's show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the show, visit jessegarciashow.com. Save the date. Join me at the 5th Annual Northern Virginia Pride, taking place Saturday, September 29th from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. at Bull Run Special Events Center in Centerville, Virginia. I will be registering voters at the Lulac Lambda booth. Stop by and also pick up some free Pride swag. I will be giving out commemorative Pride flags, which include the black and brown stripe. See you in Virginia. And here's your weekly news update. On Wednesday, September 12th, the 31st Annual Hispanic Heritage Awards will be handed out in our nation's capital. This special event is the country's highest tribute to Latinos by Latinos, taking place in the historic John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. Several awards will be handed out that night, including the night's biggest prize, the Community Service Award. Receiving that honor is Sister Norma Pimentel of the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas from my neck of the woods. She will be recognized for her humanitarian work with immigrants arriving on the Texas-Mexico border. This Roman Catholic nun has spent the past decade providing food and shelter for newly arrived children, families, and individuals fleeing violence from Central America and Mexico. This well-respected nun has convinced struggling and modest-income families in South Texas to share a little bit of what they have to help these refugees. Congratulations to Sister Norma, one badass woman, who deserves this and a lot more. Tune in to watch Sister Norma and other award winners at night, which include live performances and appearances by some of the country's most celebrated Hispanic artists. Check your local PBS stations for air times of the event, which will be shown during Hispanic Heritage Month. For more information about this event, visit HispanicHeritage.org. That's HispanicHeritage.org. six decades, the Peace Corps has been sending Americans with a passion for service to nations abroad on behalf of the United States to work with communities and creating lasting change. Volunteers develop sustainable solutions to address challenges in education, health, community economic development, agriculture, and youth development. From seniors right out of college, to seniors in their 80s, nearly a quarter of a million Americans of all ages have taken up the opportunity to serve in Peace Corps in over 140 nations. And more and more Latinos are answering the call, especially with assignments opening up in Latin America where one-fifth of Peace Corps' work is being done. Positions currently available for the summer of 2019 include working as a business advising volunteer in Colombia, community health volunteer in Paraguay, health and wellness promoter in Ecuador, national resource conservation volunteer in Mexico, 
sustainable agriculture extension promoter in Panama, rural family health educator in Belize, Spanish literacy promoter in the Dominican Republic, youth development facilitator in Peru, and youth development promoter in the beautiful country of Costa Rica, where today's guest, Joshua Alvarez, served for two years. He just came back this year and will share his experience about his service, the things he loved about his village, and the aftermath of coming out to his very machismo community. I want to welcome to the show Joshua Alvarez, originally from Dallas, Texas, but now living in Washington, D.C., and he is a returned Peace Corps volunteer, just got back this year from Costa Rica. Welcome to the show, Joshua. Hey, Jesse. Glad to be here. Okay. I need to ask you, what made you join Peace Corps in the first place? So there's several reasons. I think the biggest one was because of my family. So my parents migrated to the States, and I'm a first-generation um, U.S.-born citizen. My sister is too. And that risk that they took going to the States and giving up everything behind, it was a life that I never had. So going to the Peace Corps and seeing another another country in Latino America, I wanted to reconnect with my roots and I wanted to find a way to give back. Um, but I think what I took more from, what I took from it was a lot more. Uh, so I think it was really finding out who, like what my identity is um, as a Latino, as a Tejano, as a first generation U.S. born citizen. I think it's, uh, I have a lot of privileges and, but at the same time, you know, I've a lot of my life hasn't been a lot of my life has been because of those risks that my parents have, have given up yeah. for me so yeah I think I did it for them okay so tell us about your assignment how long was it and what did you actually do on the ground so Peace Corps the commitment it's two years so they say 27 months because three months it's training yeah so I was assigned to do community economic development in a indigenous community so it was in the region of Guanacaste which is very similar to Mexican culture so I was very fortunate to have been placed there because that similarity to as I was sharing to, to rediscovering my roots and who I am as a Latino mm -hmm. really being placed there gave me that opportunity uh, so the indigenous community the ethnic tribe is called the Chorotegas yes but the way that they live and their lifestyle and their the way of seeing life today is very contemporary so it's a mixture between preserving their culture and yet trying to figure out how to develop their communities with today's globalization so that was my assignment living up in the mountains in the dry rainforest um, which half of the year was completely dry um, dry ass Texas probably even worse <laughs> yeah and the other year was it would rain a lot so you see a lot of nature a lot of wildlife um, my role was to do community economic development which would range from a lot of different things so it would some days I'd be working with women within the community there was a women's group that I was assigned to to help them with their small business and training them on how to do entrepreneurship skills how to do marketing, pub, um, publicity, design business plans. Um, other days I'd be working with youth. So I had a, there was a youth group in my community, uh, mainly compressed of young men, but a lot of young men who had gone through a lot of difficulties in their lives. So these would be like the... Prior to, to your assignment, I got to ask, were you fluent in Spanish? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's one of the positives of being bilingual, especially yeah. in Spanish. Uh -huh. You get assigned to Latin America. 
So you had a great time. Uh, it wasn't that hard to actually start your assignment because you didn't have a language barrier. Yeah. So as a native speaker, um, and so I was born because of my parents. That's all they speak mm-hmm. and mainly still speak at home, just speaking Spanish. So it wasn't until I was in third grade, going into fourth grade, where I was put into ESL. So as so English is really my second language. Um, so going into Costa Rica, I, I had this advantage already. So I was placed in advanced classes during training, already had the language. But for me, what was the, the thing that the concept that I needed to grasp better was the culture. So it was in a way, it's, it, it was exploring my Latino identity and that bigger pan ethnicity, but yet seeing how even as I spoke as I as a native speaker in Spanish, there are very diff- there are differences. Good differences. Um, the way that we speak, certain words, um, that cultural background as well. So Different meanings. Yeah. So sometimes I'd say small little things that would turn out to be completely different. So it, it was interesting those little mishaps that, that would happen. Um, so tell us about Costa Rica. So Costa Rica, it's a beautiful country. Uh, I think if you have the opportunity, I'd suggest to go visit. Um, but to do it in a way that's very responsible and sustainable. Uh, so Costa Rica, is, it's in the middle of Central America. Um, and as a country, it's very diverse, not only with its people. So, for example, in one region, you have indigenous people. And then in the other, you have Afro-descendientes, so Afro-Latinos from the Caribbean. And then in the Central Valley, you have people who have more Spanish, um, Spanish descent. So it's a mixture of ethnicities and that's one misconception that a lot of people have is that Costa Rica is they forget about the people they forget about that there's a culture that's vibrant that's rich that that, that has a long history of oppression as well that you still see it nowadays but because of tourism a lot of folks go and they just see these resorts or these the resorts the beaches and stuff but they don't actually see the people behind it exactly it's such a small nation Mm -hmm. and did you feel like after being there for a couple of months that yeah this assignment's gonna work out okay for me in a way so i had volunteer uh, experience beforehand so i was in peru for six months doing um, volunteer work within lima as well and then i was in south africa studying abroad for a year after i graduated from ut and which is the reason why i chose to do peace corps because i wanted it to be longer so i wanted it to be more than just a month or six months so to, to really have an impact, you need to integrate within a community. Yes. You need, you, to, you need to be able to not only take time to get to know the people, but build that empathy so you can understand their issues. And I think that's what Peace Corps does really well, at least for me. Uh, they, they give you the skill sets, but at the same time, they really focus on you understanding their culture, their way of life, and respecting that. Yeah, because a lot of people tend to go abroad and just for like a week or two, mm-hmm. they go... And they send back selfies with all these poor children, you know, who did not ask to be part of your selfie, you know, (laughs) they were just, and it's just, it's sort of like, almost like a, it's almost like a invasion of culture, you know, Mm -hmm. but while doing Peace Corps, which has a very long history, um, since 1961, right, and going abroad, putting a different face on America compared to what we have to compete with that we're in 
imperialist society going out there and taking resources, but we're actually sending our resources, our most important resource, our people, to go share knowledge and share wisdom and, and medicine and education. Well, how's your assignment like? What was your daily rituals? So one thing that I really enjoyed was the flexibility. So for me, I'd constantly wake up every morning and I lived in the middle of nature. So it was all, it would depend on the season. So some mornings I'd wake up really sweaty. Really hot. <laughs> I didn't have AC. It's not a thing out there. Unfortunately, a lot of people yeah. still don't have access to those certain things. Yeah. So I would usually wake up which is the traditional dish there which is rice and beans and uh -huh. their famous salsa lisano which is really, really what makes that flavor um, they make cafe so coffee chorreado traditional pour over way that they make it yes um, and yeah start about my day check what assignments that I had um, if I had any meetings prepare for those uh, visit my neighbors sometimes my day would vary from doing a tour with my community member who who's Who's, who wants to be a tour guide mm -hmm. or visiting my neighbor and sitting with her and talking about her wanting to build a cabin um, or going to a community meeting and hearing about the issues that you know young folks are dealing with within the community or just going on a hike um, going and seeing the beautiful rivers uh, the mountains in the community so it varied a lot uh, but I think it I lived it depending on what the people wanted and how much they gave to me as well. So if I was invited to a birthday party or if I was invited to go swimming in the river, I'd always do it because it, you get to connect with people at a much deeper level when you, apart from it feeling from those formal settings where you're teaching them one-on-one -on -one within a classroom, so. Now, describe your house. My house, it's a two-bedroom. It was built in the 70s, and okay. it has a history, actually, of, of Peace Corps volunteers there. So it's, a, it's sort of like a little place where the volunteer comes and and it's got little things for you what did you have in your in your house so first for the first six months i lived with a host family okay it was an elderly couple and i was living in a room that they had it was this house that was given to them um it was a pro bono house like i think that's what you call it by by the government mm -hmm. and they built it themselves and it was this little room i had a a bed and a bookshelf that was it a desk um rustic but you know yeah <laughs> has that sense of home yes um, yeah. but so those first six months were there with that family and then the other six months i was living alone in a house and right in front of the elementary school um but yeah it was it was a house that was built in the 70s which i think it was by habitat for humanity oh wow um, with okay. a partnership with peace corps and then several volunteers lived there and then other people in the community lived mm -hmm. there and then a volunteer before me lived there as well, so I replaced them. So there was a history of, of Peace Corps A there. tradition. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, what are some of the things that you wish you would have taken that you were, like, missing so much from home? So to Costa Rica, yeah. I would have taken more Mexican candy. <laughs> so you don't realize those small things that you miss until that you you're wearing them. Yeah. yeah. So, or even other things like hot Cheetos or I don't know, just <laughs> like you know, it's like yes. things that aren't good for you, but that you crave. Um, I'd take probably more family pictures. Yeah. yeah. So to share more about my culture, because that's a big role of, of people want to know about you. Exactly. They want to know about mm -hmm. your family, yeah. where you come from. They're inquisitive. Yeah. So it's, it's part of that job. So to share about who you are as well, because you give two years of your life to people, but at the same time, it's, 
you gain a lot from them too. So yeah, more pictures just to remember me, my rem, give me giving me that giving me that reminder every day of why why I was doing it. So tell us about being Latino in the Peace Corps. Was it a different experience from others? Was it hard because you were Latino and not this blonde American that they assume everybody in America is blonde and and Anglo? Did you get any of that? So I didn't get any of that. I probably got the opposite. Um, I was respected, I think, because of that. Um, people saw me in a way as... They saw me more similar to them just because of the mm. way that I look. But they didn't take me as serious because I look young, because um, the way that I present myself and the way that I dress. And I was recently graduated. And I was, yeah. But what made it more difficult was not fitting in those stereotypes. So because I was in blonde or blue-eyed or the typical white, you know, male persona, mm-hmm. um, I think that made it more difficult because people just saw me as anyone else in the community or just anyone else who was coming in yeah. to do another assignment. Uh, so yeah, I remember during training, one of the um, one of the, one of the volunteers who was leaving, he said that he was he was gonna miss feeling like a celebrity, yeah. Uh, because all the <laughs> kids, they'd always come up to him and hug him, and like yeah, there was, there was another sense of admiration. Yes, because of that sense of because of his Difference. identity. Uh-huh. Yeah, and for me, it wasn't like that. Um, yeah. It wasn't until I really connected and built those relationships where at the end I got that from people. Now. You were you openly gay while you're out there, and was it a risk? So I'm bisexual, uh, yeah, or pansexual. Pansexual, okay, Queer. it's very fluid. Thank you. Uh, so corrected. I did you let any of the community know? It wasn't until the end, the um, end? that I opened up to a couple of people. So I've been open about you know my identity for like, since I was what 18, 19. Yeah. So when you re- um, applied to Peace Corps. You were, you know, hey, by the way, I'm pansexual. So just don't be sending me to a place where I might end up in trouble. So that was, I was very hesitant to actually say that. I remember this during the interview. You didn't want to limit your your choices. Yeah. 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 I think that was it. Um, And as a bisexual man, I sometimes I have that opportunity to hide that other part of my identity yeah. because if people ask me and I would get this very often it's like oh Josh like you know do you have a girlfriend or is there anyone the so you could answer to that yeah question. so I could answer yeah. to that but then at the same time I, I was hiding this other part of my life yes um, and it wasn't until the end when the, the one of my counterparts my project partners that's what we call the people in the communities we work with yeah. we um, she she told me that yeah or I opened up to her and she told me like, oh yeah, we we kind of knew. Like, we, we got we we, we got have that radar. radar. Yeah, they have radar. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> but somebody in the um, I think in San Jose in the capital, yeah, where it's more progressive, where people are more open. You find folks who are trans and mm-hmm. you know, all from the LGBTQ spectrum, and there are a lot of more safe spaces. So I, that's where, that's where I would go and you know, be myself, be meet yourself. other folks who were like me. Um, it was my safe haven, which I really enjoyed going to the city. Going for coming from or living within this very rural conservative area, uh, so I think somebody saw me probably going to a bar or a club or something one day, and we're traveled back to the village, yeah. <laughs> and that made a lot of sense because so I was reflecting on it, and there were a lot of the elders, a lot of the men, especially who because of the machismo culture, yes, they they cut off those relationships with me, and they didn't want to work with me anymore. Wow. Yeah, so there, I felt that tension, and they made a lot of sense. It's like, okay, it wasn't overt homophobia. So it was like, oh, 
we're not gonna ask you about it, but we're not gonna. You're not telling us about it either. Yeah. Like, don't ask on tell. Don't ask on yeah. tell. Type of deal. Yeah. Um. Overall, how did you feel that this experience benefited you? I took. So it was challenging. I'm not gonna lie. Um, there were a lot of difficult things mentally, emotionally, physically that I went through, uh, which is a whole other probably episode. <laughs> but I think for me, it was ten times as as more as. 10 times that's much more rewarding yeah so i because it takes a lot to live across uh, abroad for two years yeah, you, you give up so much you give up um, so, you much. so much up so much. you leave behind so much and so. you get a, a monthly stipend but it's not an american salary so yeah. this is coming out of your heart yeah. this is something that's you you give up two exactly. years um yeah so to give some context like what we earned was what 500 dollars per month Mm-hmm. So we earned what the community members earned per day. So what a campesino, somebody who works in the field, would earn. That's what basically our wage was, or probably twice as much. Um, but it was in that range. So we didn't live these extravagant lives. We didn't get that chance to travel a lot because we don't have that like those means. And that's really intentional because they want you to experience and the fit conditions. into the community. Exactly. The worst you can do is stick out like a sore thumb, which might invite danger or some other type of different attitude towards the volunteer yeah yeah so yeah uh who do you think would be a perfect candidate for peace corps if someone's out there thinking about it what are this sort of like the background you need to have so the background that you need to have i think one number one the willingness to put yourself out there uh be uncomfortable and if you really want to build an em- build more empathy, if you want to get to understand a different culture, see humanity and the world in a different way, do it. Uh, don't do it if you were just doing it for your career or if you were just doing it to put this on your resume. Because it's it's a long-term commitment. Yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, but I think it, it takes a lot uh, to do it. Um, I encourage a lot of folks who are considering to to look into the process because it's a lot more easier now to select where you go and what you do want to do so if your passion is aligned with that it's easier to get into that program um but yeah i think if you want to get a different perspective change your life a bit um you know care more about others and build that empathy like i was saying i think it's it's a good opportunity great one last thing do you plan to visit Costa Rica again? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> hopefully in the next couple of years, once I earn some money. Um, be able to travel back and see yeah. those people. Yeah, I think it'll be nice going back, seeing like, those small like, seeds, like how they're growing. Exactly. Um, seeing, like, the work and the people. But more than anything, just to visit those friends and family, extended families that I've built um, abroad. It's nice because you, you get that sense of that we, you really understand who we are as, as humans. Um, you know, you see those similarities a lot more than those differences after you finish service. Well, for those people that are interested in becoming a Peace Corps volunteer, the website's peacecorps.gov. That's peacecorps.gov. There's assignments all over. There are in over a hundred countries, um, several Latin American nations, like right, kind of like around eleven, and they have a lot of assignments already slated for next summer. So check out the website, see what fits you. They do education, health, um, community development, all across the board, and they're even in Mexico. 
I was I was surprised. Yeah, they're still in Mexico. I, w- I, I wish I had done Mexico, but they didn't have my program during that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Josh. Yeah, for, thank you, Jesse, for having me on.